to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks with uh, Blake Howard and Sophie Lye. Did you hear the geese? I heard it. Did you? Are you I, sure? I heard it. I'm pretty sure. <gasps> it's Gaggle of Geeks time. I'm Sophie Lye of So Hot Right Now on 2SER. And I'm Blake Howard of Gaggle Geeks on 2SER and Graffiti with Punctuation and One Heat Minute and all around the freaking place, basically. I don't know how I'm going to say that any simpler. You like to you you go around. I don't get you? around. <laughs> I get around. I should, you I get, get around. around. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the weekly giggly podcast on it to ser, where we chat all things pop culture, gig culture, and in between. Mm, yes, and uh, it's where we get to. You guys would listen to So's great show on Saturday mornings on 2SER called So Hot Right Now, the culture show on Saturday morning. And we kind of do an abridged version there, but um, we blow it out into a big-ass podcast because um, geek news and pop culture is so pervasive at the moment and it just seems like it's not freaking slowing down that we do not have enough minutes to talk about it on the show on Saturday on air. So we've brought it into this lovely, cozy place where we can actually unpack some stuff in some depth. So... Yeah, here we are. Here we are. And we have a moment. We have this section called The Shit List, mm. which pretty much started with the Me Too movement. We're like, well, let's start a list. Let's start a list. We've got to put some people on the shit list. And usually we don't start with this because, you know, we want to end. Sometimes we want to end we want on the shit list. list. But we're bringing it in early this week. Let's kick it right off. We've got to kick the show off with a shit list. You are officially on my shit list. What a shit. <laughs> My God, it's been a big week. It's been a big week for shit people. Uh, <laughs> look, the Roseanne thing, mm. definitely on the shit list. Let's start with that. Roseanne yeah. is 100% on the shit list. Um, you know, but this is the thing. She gets on Ambien. Yep. She's in her 60s. Mm-hmm. She's already clearly had some m- mental or neurological issues in her life, depression, etc. Yep. She's already a weird conspiracy, like, anti-Holocaust or whatever the hell else she is, weirdo. Oh, my God. I she forgot gets, she was an anti-Holocaust. She gets, she gets, uh, she gets the biggest... She, her show, her original series was a defining series in the history of American television, mm. Roseanne. And it comes back and... ABC, it's 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 rating th- it's it's rating through the roof, and it's the most popular and viewed television show in the world right now. And but also, yeah, they knew that she was a they knew that she was a flight risk. They knew she tweeted weird conspiracy bullshit. They knew that she'd been, you know, semi anti-Semitic in previous tweets. They oh my knew god! She- and she's a full on Trump supporter, and she's been like vocally, like you know, saying. Supporting all the racist stuff that he says. <laughs> yeah. And so this was even before this tweet. So I think the shit list is, and this is like, there's been some amazing pieces um, done by Roxanne Gay, uh, mm-hmm. who wrote uh, an, a, 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 who know, wrote Bad Feminist. Who wrote Bad Feminist, and she's a you know a freelance writer for some of the biggest and most mm-hmm. reputed publications in the Hopefully world. Hopefully Batgirl. <laughs> I don't think so, DC. He's not brave enough to get Roxanne Gay's Batgirl. Get Roxanne Gay! <laughs> oh, I, I would watch it. I would, I'd be all in for it. Um, but I just think, you know, I was reading her piece, and she wrote it so eloquently. Um, she wrote a piece around when Roseanne came out, um, around, you know, there's some really conflicted politics in here, um, and it's not a surprise that this, you know, this show is attracting attention because it's about a conflicted family who's dealing with, you know, uh, you know, who's dealing with being a Trump supporter and what that means in, you know, 2018. Mm. Um, but at the same time, they knew that she was like this, and I also think ABC maybe have only just started to realise that their brand could be affected so deeply by a person who works for their brand. And the head of ABC, as soon as someone makes a blatantly racist comment like that, and they are on the most popular, like 20 million plus viewers a week for every one of these shows, starts making racist comments on their massively followed platform, Twitter, on Twitter, it's... it's it's toast, right? So mm. she's absolutely on the shit list. She she said a racist thing. 
whether she's definitively racist or whether she legitimately was on Ambien and she says she was on Ambien and wrote okay. something stupid is another thing. But this is the thing when she's like, I was on Ambien when I was tweeting. The makers of Ambien got back to her and it's like, um... Racism. Yeah, that's nice, but one of the side effects is <laughs> not, not racism. racism. No, so, so like, <laughs> so, sorry, depending on the degrees of with, with how racist she is, but it's also like, this is the person you hired for your show. I don't care if she's now being more blatant in a tweet. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she's now taking Ambien and doing weird shit that she shouldn't be doing. At the end of the day, they hired her knowing all of the weirdness. Go back through her Twitter, not mm. just that. Go back with all the conspiracy theories and weirdness and like, hey, this chick's a nutcase. All through that. Um, I, I just, yeah, I think it's a it's a really interesting thing. But And it is a shame. It is a shame that she's like this. And it's a shame for all of the incredibly talented people. Well, Wanda Skies. What, yeah, Wanda Sykes. Sykes, who's one of the writers. She was like, I'm off. And then Roseanne got back as blamed the cancellation of the show on her. Oh my god, that's so dumb. It's 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 yeah. I, I just think it's a completely unfortunate situation for all the people who worked on the show because, you know, regardless of her personal views, um, you know, a television show is ma- like a film is made by a village of people, um, and and it's the same sort of tragedy that we were talking about when the the disgusting, you know, and this was the really disgusting stuff, not to sort of grade this shit list but the really disgusting stuff done by kevin spacey um caused the cancellation of um uh oh my god i've just lost it caused the cancellation of house of, house cards. of cards yeah well it didn't because they were like then well, they refreshed it, it right they came back well, with the a thing different- is the latest news is they're thinking of still keeping roseanne without roseanne because it's su- it was such a you know it was it rated so well it was one of the best sitcoms on the network so what are they going to do like are they just going to use CGI to have her in there and then have her get hit by a truck or something? I don't know, but I don't think that works. That didn't work when the last other sitcoms, when the main star leaves. Yeah. No, look, yeah, Roseanne's on the shit list because she's a dope, yeah. um, and she's well, those a racist. Are just rumors, and, so. and she's a and she's a racist dope, um, mm. and it's yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know, so if these people... Uh, you, th- I'm just frustrated because, you know, at the same time, everyone's praising the TV exec, um, Channing Dungy, who um, she she made a decision to can, to can the show. At the same time, like, why did you reboot it in the first place? Yeah, I, I think you've got... So I see the allure. I see the allure of uh, rebooting a Roseanne or rebooting a Murphy Brown or rebooting a Will and Grace, which have all happened. Um, but at the end of the day, also, you know, the thing about... Roseanne might have made an off-color joke in a comedy set. If she made an off-color joke in a comedy set in the context of comedy and was trying to be funny, um, and I'm not talking about a racist joke, the joke. I'm just talking about an off-color, and she's in a comedy set, and she's trying to be funny, and people took it. I would actually think that that's pretty crappy if she got fired for an off-color joke. Not the joke she said, just for context. Right. But if you're in a comedy set, and you're trying to be funny, and it's part of something, and, and the intent is to be a joke instead of just to say something that's pretty blatantly racist, then then that's a completely different story. But also... For, like they've had many years, like what is it, fifteen, sixteen years? Uh, you know, since the nineties, that they could have reviewed her as a person mm. and take and taken an inventory on whether this is the kind of person that I want to give money to to make another show about, regardless of whether the family's like that. And you kind of have to know that she's a she's a risk. She like, is such a risk. Everyone's known this for years. Yeah, it's it's it's. If you know it, that's the stupid thing is that you know they gave Which her the show in the first place. Why they're like everyone's like applauding. Channing Dungy. I'm like, good honor for canning it, but seriously, why did the network ever oh, <laughs> reboot it when they knew that flight risk of Roseanne? They make they they just they just make. I think they just make a commercial decision. Like that's so. This is the like the end of to summarize the shit list is, and this is what we can also do for good things that we like. If it makes money or someone can make money out of it, people are going to do it. It's as simple as that. And so if they think and and they. Before she did that stupid thing and ruined all those people's <laughs> careers and then took their highest rating show off the air, that that absolutely that absolutely was making them a stack of money. And guess what's even worse? They have now like so ABC who has had the streaming rights to the Roseanne show, it's yeah, gone. It's gone off Hulu, it's gone every off every streaming platform. Every episode of the entire series is gone. 
and it's big because it's like it's externals, as I mentioned, like Hulu. It's not just ABC's owned streaming platform. Mm-hmm. It's the back. Sh- it's like you know how many backlog. people were binging Roseanne the old series in preparation for the new series and both, and just revisiting it because they liked the show. That's a lot of eyes. That's a lot of clicks. That's a lot of views. That's a lot of ad revenue. That mm-hmm. are uh, see ya. Bye. Bye. Go on. Well, that's what you do when you decide to invest in a known flight risk, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But, um, but I also think this is the one thing where my like empathy steps in regardless of whether she's a shitty person or not is that if she's a kind of person that takes like is self-medicating and then on Twitter, maybe someone should try and get her some help as well. Like not only is she a flight risk, not only is she a flight risk and a damage to a, like a massive infrastructure at a company, she's probably not got the most stable mental state, in which case... First and foremost, let's like maybe reach out to her and make sure that she's taken care of as a human being because that's probably the right thing to do. You forget this is Hollywood. They don't do shit like that. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, like, guys. What? Sorry? You, you're in the shits? All right. We'll just keep, you know, kicking dig. you to the curb and dig it in uh, and let you bury yourself. Yeah, well, <laughs> that is Hollywood. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, hopefully someone in a close circle will look out for her. Yeah. Number one for Roseanne's mental health and health. You might be a shitty person, but I don't wish you harm. And uh, number two, hopefully um, some doors can be open to some of these amazing performers who just come back in from a you know huge cash cow and getting some money and you know revitalizing their careers to now nothing. Um, please swoop in Hollywood and get Laurie Metcalf some work and John Goodman and uh, the rest of that great cast. Mm. But from, you know, a Holocaust denier to now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could so be wrong I, with that Holocaust denier thing, just just to fact check. But her, t- her t- conspiracy tweets <laughs> about lizard people and uh, Pizzagate and just go take a look and be fascinated. It's, it's fascinating. But we're going to go- move on to someone who we love and is, you know, rewriting Hitler <laughs> in yeah, a way. So let's do that. I'm sorry I'm not J.J. Abrams. They say, oh, Taika, we wish we called you J.J. Abrams. Gorgeous dulcet tones of Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Look, making a movie called Jojo Rabbit. Um, recently, we heard that uh, Scarlett Johansson was going to be part of the film. We recently heard that our own Rebel Wilson was going to be part I of the know. film. And a Fräulein. <laughs> a Fräulein. Fräulein. Um, Jojo Rabbit, it's uh, basically a movie that... Uh, a little kid in sort of, uh, I think it might be post-war Germany or, or could be, you know, intra-war Germany in 1945, mm. has an imaginary friend who is Hitler. And this week, um, only a couple of a couple of mere hours ago, mm. um, Taika Waititi reported on Twitter, week one down of our anti-fuckface satire Jojo Rabbit. Can't wait to share it with the world. Also, what better way to insult Hitler than having him portrayed by a Polynesian Jew? Hashtag fuck you, Shitler. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a photo of him sticking his finger up at a portrait of Hitler. Wow. He's just... He's perfection. I don't know how else to describe it because it's just so perfect. It's so good. And I cannot wait to see Hitler being played by a Polynesian Jew. Yes. It's... um, It's... it's Yeah. I, look, he's, he's so fantastic. I'm really looking forward um, to seeing how he can take the piss out of that uh, sort of series and, and just... Uh, that that sort of uh, film, because there was a probably about five years ago now, there was like a big rush of um, World War Two films. We had The Reader, um, we had The Book Thief. There was a sort of a few sort of serious tone ones. And yeah, but it's not even serious. They were like bleak, very bleak. Bleak, but and the it, subject matter kind of warrants of course, that to a certain extent. I mean, extent. it's my mother's favorite genre. She's <laughs> like, I want to watch something cheerful. <laughs> oh, look, a World War Two movie, and I'm like. No. Are you serious? She's like, I love these dramas. Uh, no, no. Sits down for the next two hours. And then she's like, it's so sad. And I'm like, no shit. No shit, ma. It is World War II, one of the most bleakest uh, moments in I, human history. I really want that really cheerful movie, Schindler's List. Oh, my. She would do that. Oh, I'm telling you. Her. She I loves it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, this is so, it's just joy for me just to see them turning the story around in such a way that would. Yeah. It's, 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 it's intended to be a satire. And I think mm. at the moment, um, the, these cool satires are like a reflection of some of the, the, you know, it's just really wants to be thrown right in the face of any of this weird emerging alt-right BS that's coming yeah. out that are trying to, you know, rebrand, <laughs> rebrand, uh, uh, we know what you are, hierarchies. you are neo-Nazis. <laughs> 
stop denying it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, even within Glorious Bastards, like trying to rewrite it a bit. Oh no, like, not a bit. Quentin Tarantino. And Quint- okay, not a bit. A lot. <laughs> I, what I love about Quentin Tarantino is when they're like, uh, you know, your movie is a war one hundred percent factually inaccurate. He was like. Yeah, but I imagined if my characters really were there in World War II, I reckon they would have changed the course of history. And I think that's a very fair argument. And it was nice to see, like, like the don't bear, get me the wrong. Bear Jew. <laughs> the don't, don't get me wrong. It was bleak, that movie still, yeah, but it was just so absurd that it was actually such a joy to watch. And I'm kind of uh, looking, hoping that will oh, be Oh, look, I, I mean... If we can get more people like Aldo Rain who can just carve Nazi swastikas into the heads of people who are trying to cover up that they're Nazis, I think the world would be a better place, So, Yeah. We know where you're coming from. <laughs> we uh, know you. <laughs> look, this has been an interesting show so far. We've had racism, <laughs> conspiracy theories in Roseanne's timeline, mental illness, yep. um, satirizing neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. But let's, 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 let's class this up a bit. Let's talk about Mr. Ron Howard. Yeah. You stay classy, San Diego. So, despite any of uh, last week's solo backlash from both the show, this show or um, any other show that's been reviewing... Um, it's uh, been a very interesting mixed bag of reviews, can I say, Blake? It's either, like, the extreme, it was great, or us. Yeah, it's... it's. I don't begrudge people liking this movie at all. No. And I, the more I think about it, the more I think, you know... In amongst what I think is kind of this weird, egregious, Easter egg-laden piece of crap that is surrounding... I wouldn't s- put it to the point where you say it's a piece of crap. I would say it's it's just a fun romp, but it's nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. It was very middle tier. The, the frustration for me is that maybe I'm just like, maybe my attention span is too short, which mm-hmm. is... Which is not true. But it, maybe, my, <laughs> maybe my attention span is I get distracted when I've feel like they're just like scattergunning you with Easter eggs and BS instead of just focusing on the story. And for me, I think in this, there's, you know, there's, we talked about it. There are some really good things in the movie. And the, the, the reason why I had such an issue with it was because of, um, I just felt like it was playing too much to fan service, but Ron Howard is the classiest dude around. Uh, and he's already been a classy, you know, uh, classy person who's been involved in a myriad of movies. He's like one of the nicest guys in his entire career. He's never been one of those psychopaths like Michael Bay or anything like Wait, that. he's off your rant list? No, he's not on a rant list. This is no rant. I'm so impressed. He was on your rant list a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he was on my <laughs> rant list about comparing the movie to Heat, which he deserved. But that's, I think that that's more about your ambition versus your execution. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that his reactions, knowing that it has been mixed, um, has been amazing. So people have been saying it's great, and he's saying, yeah, thank you so much for seeing it on the big screen. And people have been saying, I didn't like it so much. And he's like, well, thanks for going and forming your own opinion by going and seeing it on the big screen. And I just think that that's like as classy as you can get. Like I imagine, you know, so if you or I were ever lucky enough to create a, you know, be at the helm of a geek movie and- I wouldn't and- be able to do that. I would probably implode <laughs> and then I'll be like, no, too much pressure. <laughs> no, I'm out. Uh, I am out. Yeah. Hell to the no. Am I dealing with the netizens of, oh, of the internet? Oh, oh my God. And, and, and I'd much be, I think I'd much be the same, but I think that that idea that you can go in and come out of it and be like as classy as Ron Howard and even and as extremely classy as Ryan Johnson. Um, those guys are just so great because, you know, these are mixed movies. Jedi was a mixed movie. Solo was a mixed movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just deeply respect that. And so to, to have that much class and go, look, I tried, I did my best. And if some people loved it, that's awesome. If some people didn't, you know, I can't control that. And if I hear the criticisms, yep, cool. Some of it he might have actually heard and going, yeah, okay, I see it. I love that you also said just thank you for seeing it on the big screen because the thing is cinema is the like getting releases on the big screen is still a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's Especially also Especially when now people are like looking should we just go direct to Netflix instead of putting it on the big screen because we don't know if it will make buck. <laughs> and and companies have now got more uh like what you call like reflexive strategies about how they're going to release things. So what they do is like they'll throw it up on the big screen and if it's not making bank, they sometimes might do, even if it's like a week or two window on international iTunes, they'll open it up so that people can buy it. Like mm. for, for a premium cost, if you pay 20 bucks, you can buy it 
and see the movie now um, and have a full unlocked version of this, you know, in a month's time or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, that was a really classy move from a dude who's been, you know, had the piss taken out of him on this show. Um, and I just think he's way classier than me. So that's why I wanted to shout him out. Oh, bless you, Ron Howard. Stay classy, Ron. Should I play that again? I think I should. You stay classy, San Diego. You stay classy, Ron Howard. Thank you so much. <laughs> we thank you. All right. So from Solo, where do we go from here? I think we, let's go to Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? Some some uh, cryptic stuff happening from uh, Jeff Johns. Um, yeah, so Jeff Johns, is he the head of DC these days? Yeah, I think so. I think he's still the head of it. I but th- he's not in charge of the movies anymore. No, so he's stopped with the movies. Thank but, goodness. Go back to Green Lantern, mate. <laughs> Writing Green Lantern, not the film. Writing Green Lantern, the actual comic. He's a very good, a very good a comic book writer. Very good comic book writer. Um, but he's he said, like, you know, WW84. Yeah, Wonder Woman 84. Mm. Uh, you know, the only reason why it doesn't make me excited for Wonder Woman sequel to be set in 84. What? I just think they could have made 50 movies, you know? Yeah, you have said this before. Like, just make it every 10 years. But are they going to go with the Orwellian? Not uh, <laughs> 1984. Could, could, could be a bit of an Orwellian sort of uh, deal. But uh, no, I, I definitely think they're going to keep these as period movies. Um, I, I just... My only hesitation with this, and I love Wonder Woman, the first one, it was excellent. Sophie mm-hmm. and I have talked about it many times before. But I'm just like... I don't expect them to go to World War Two, but maybe go to the interwar period. You know, like Cold go, War. Yeah, interwar, Cold War, like just the sick, even the sixties, like as as things start to emerge. And I do like the idea of eighties, but I'm like, oh, this could have been your fourth movie. You know, like just make <laughs> keep making movies, uh, Wonder Woman movies in there. And, and honestly, she's the only thing that's keeping the DC universe alive. Yeah, right now. and and I the only the, the next thing is what's the next logical jump? Did they bring it to the present day? But I'm like, mm, no. I don't want it to come to the present day. Do you reckon they'll do a jump backwards? I mean, they've done it with Wolverine so many times uh, now. They could. They could. I mean, look, it's a great way if you just put the last two, you know, the the numbers as a way to sort of identify what the sequels are. Mm. Wonder Woman 84, Wonder Woman 66, Wonder Woman blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so I just... Oh, she's so fantastic. I just really wish they hadn't taken too big a leap in time, but... It's all those great people. Kristen Wiig is coming on as Cheetah. We've got Gal Gadot. We've got Patty Jenkins back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all awesome news. Everything else is great. Um, and the news from Jeff Johns literally is a picture, a snapshot that says WW84. 84. Um, so he is DC's entertainment president. Ah. So that's everything, I and guess. And producer, yeah. <laughs> and producer. So. Well, excuse me, Mr. President. So. Sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> um, Senor Jones, we apologize. We apologize, Mr. President. But uh, WW84, look, yeah, I, I'm excited about Wonder Woman 2. Obviously, everyone is. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not silly um, to think that we're, we're the only ones there. But this one, I was like, God damn it. More. Make 25 Wonder Woman movies before you intersect back into anything that any other movies can, like, interrupt. Oh, well. But from one lady power. Were you an Alias fan? Um, I watched Bits and Bobs because I was so young when it came out yeah. that it was like, I'd watch it with mum and be like, okay, it's too violent. Now you go off over there. And so I never, I, I have... So I got like sense of the story, but not really because I just have missing chunks from each mid-season area and mum would send me away. Well, look, in 2018, a lot of people forget Jennifer Garner was a television star, did a few little movies in the 90s and stuff like that. But what the the series that catapulted her into like international fame was a series called Alias. And that was an Abrams, right? Yeah, it was an Abrams. It was an Abrams Abrams series. An Abrams series where she's basically a spy who goes around and gets up to all kind of spy-like shenanigans and, and, you know. But the beautiful thing of it was it was like an ancient conspiracy tied into this spy work. Of course, it was a J.J. Abrams thing. Um, True. (laughs) (laughs) um, But since then, she's gone relatively quiet and then has sort of hung around doing some pretty terrible comedies um, and rom-coms and the like, and people kind of forget that... And Butter. I'm Butter. Butter. <laughs> a film about butter. <laughs> I have not seen it nor heard of it, and I'm glad. Um, and, uh, it is about an annual butter contest in America where she plays one of the contestants who's really into butter. 
I'm stunned. I don't even have anything to say. What? Look it up. Look up butter. I'm fucking not looking it's it up. It's a little indie flick that actually got rated very well, but you know, I'm not looking a big that release. up right now. So while while we're about to play you something, I'm definitely definitely <laughs> looking this up. Um, but uh, this week, um, uh, a new preview for a movie that sounds as ridiculous as Peppermint um, as uh, is is the movie, and it's basically directed. Um, uh, oh, oh my god, what is his name? Um, it is directed by Pierre, Pierre Morel. He's the guy behind um, some of the Liam Neeson movies and Takens, etc. And pretty much, Peppermint is a revenge story about a woman's uh, a woman whose family gets killed, and she comes back um, to wreak havoc and and uh, and take the law into her own hands. And Jennifer Garner looks freaking awesome. So have a listen to this trailer and check it out. So it's definitely going to throw it up um, as one of our links on the podcast. So if you want to pause this, go check out the trailer and then we're going to come back and talk about it. But um, it looks pretty rad. So have a listen. Corrupt judges. Dirty cops. What do I want? I want justice. Who's my girl? My girl has love in her heart. And snow in her eyes and peppermint in her blood. Happy birthday, kiddo. Mrs. Norris? I'm very sorry for your loss. We have three suspects in custody, but they're all linked to the Garcia cartel. No witnesses have been willing to step up. These cartels are no joke. They've got everyone in their pockets. You've been through a terrible tragedy. Maybe you didn't see what you think you saw. That's him. Maybe you made a mistake. Number three. Number five. Number four. They did it. Is it possible that your recollection isn't what you thought it was? The evidence is insufficient to hold the defendants over for trial. You think that you're going to have justice? Make them all pay. Five years ago, Riley North just disappeared. Completely off the grid. So she spends the last five years doing what? Training. Well, that's new. You honestly think Riley North did this? Today's the five-year anniversary of her family's murder. She's back. Judges, dirty cops. What do I want? I want justice. It's not a coincidence that makes this area low crime. It is low crime because of her. At least somebody's doing something. Find her. I don't care if you have to burn the city down. Watching someone take everything from you, it turns you into somebody else. Social media is lit up with support for her. She's a multiple homicide suspect. Not to them, she's not. Out, man, and now gone. How you really think this is gonna go? I will kill every one of you. And then I'll pretty much wing it from there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am so happy to see you back in the action <laughs> game. Can I just say, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And... Like, again, uh, immediately people are like, oh, it's like John Wick. Who cares? I don't care if it's like John Wick or like Taken. Who cares? It is by the guy by Taken. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's going to be like Taken. <laughs> yeah, first. First, people are like, oh, it looks like Taken. Yeah. It's by it's the guy from, who did it. It's the poster says from the director of Taken. Taken. So stop. And people are like, oh, it's John Wick. So what? Yeah. He also did Deadpool and did the exact same bloody, <laughs> <laughs> bloody storyline at the beginning, which pissed me off. <laughs> so, yeah, like there's definitely a, uh, um, there's definitely a lot to like. Yeah. The look at that. I'm into it. Now, more importantly, as you guys have listened to and hopefully watched the trailer for Peppermint, let's pull up Rotten Tomatoes for Butter 2012. Oh my God. Such a bad rating. I love it. <laughs> uh, it is 33% rotten. Excellent. A- average audience score is 44%. Despite its talented cast and a few funny moments, Butter's satirical aims are largely undone by a lack of subtlety and an air of smugness. Amazing. But it's about butter carving. It sure is. Jennifer Garner, Ty Burrell, Olivia Wilde, Ashley Green, Hugh Jackman. What 
was Hugh Jackman doing there? What are you doing? He likes butter. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, Seriously. she was doing like Lisa, kind of like little indie flicks and little rom coms, and now just back in the action game, man. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that I haven't seen Butter and I'm so looking forward to seeing Peppermint. Yeah, me too. <laughs> God, what was I thinking bringing up Butter? <laughs> but just to see the scope of like, oh, look, what she was working with. It's okay. Like, there are plenty of bad movies which I thoroughly enjoy. Have you seen Night and Day? No, but I did watch Dude and I know that's being panned and I was like, I quite enjoyed that. Which one, Dude? Dude, it's a Netflix oh, flick I'm... with Lucy Hale. And it's getting panned. Oh, okay. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> it passed the time and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, everyone has their own guilty pleasures. Absolutely. But, yeah. We're moving into from from something dark mm. to something darker. Yeah. Are we talking Batman? No, we're talking X-Men. Oh. <laughs> X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Sorry, they're both like, I'm dark. I'm dark. I'm so, so, so dark. <laughs> so X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is now working titled Dark Phoenix, is just taking the X-Men off of it, is apparently, according to Evan Peters, one of its stars, darker than other X-Men films. Really? Does it not say it on the bloody tin? <laughs> like, it's literally called Dark Phoenix. Wow. Congratulations, Evan. You can read the title of your movie, my friend. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good uh, one. Well, mainly he was saying it's darker than Apocalypse. I'm like, anything is darker than that shade of purple they put poor uh, Oscar Isaac in. Yeah, it's terrible. They just ru- they ruined Oscar Isaac. Mm. And <sighs> Also, when you say dark, are you going to go, is it Logan dark? Because that was like, you know. Yeah, I think... I think if you guys, and, and sorry to cover the same ground if you guys have actually listened to this week's 2SER um, live as well, but it's it's like amnesia these folks have for the X-Men movies because they are dark. And if you watch, you know, the opening three minutes of Brian Singer's two th- year 2000, we're in 2018, This these movies inspired Christopher Nolan to do Batman. So, like, don't get it twisted. They were really important. Um, they were an alternative to the sunny sunshine of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi at Sony, which mm. was in the late, like early 2000s, late 90s as well. Yeah. So X-Men, the first three minutes of the opening Brian Singer film is a small kid who's in a Jewish concentration camp being dragged away from his parents who are about to go be put to death and his mutant powers awakening. That is Eric Lencher, Magneto as a young boy. We get to see a little bit of a flashback to that in, um, in the original X-Men first class. But the dark themes. Love, they also make it really brutal every time they drew that retelling. Yeah, it's they they want to emphasize um, that the the sort of the racial hierarchy and 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 putting you know people that are undesirables below you is a, is it like a, a key theme of the entire X Men comics and they don't shy away from it. In fact, they lean into it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a huge it's a huge part of it. So I, I don't know what this darkness means. Like well, Logan is a dark. A brooding and dark and gorgeous mm. film, and so I don't. And it wasn't kid friendly. No, no. Even Deadpool's fucking dark. Like, there's lots of death. <laughs> there's lots of death and shit. Like, it's and not. Then he laughs at, it and you're like, you really shouldn't be laughing at death this way. But yeah, hey. like he's kind of, you know, although he's kind of like a Bugs Bunny ringleader with oh a gun. Um, it's 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 yeah, it's really strange. Anyway. I just think it's so stupid. Um, and, yeah, this whole Dark Phoenix and trying to distance itself from the X-Men brand is just ridiculous. Well, it is dark. Whether you'll start swearing a lot more dark. remains to be seen. Dark. So dark. I'm so dark, guys. But hey, guys, I'm so dark. Shut up. Guess what? They also tried to get dark in The Last Stand, and look how that turned out. Yeah, The Last Stand <laughs> was bad. And that was Dark Phoenix again. <laughs> She's such a good character. And they just don't know how to capture that on a film. No. Do they? But you know what? Mm. I do respect the Darks... Uh, the, sorry. I do respect the Last Stand's balls in that that scene where they... Hashtag spoilers if you haven't seen it. Where they kill... <laughs> where they kill Professor X. Mm. Like, that is so ballsy. Yeah, but Cyclops' death was a cop-out. Cyclops' death, he just he just disappeared. He disappeared. I was like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? He's like, like one of the biggest characters <laughs> in the X-Men universe, and all he gets is glasses on a rock. 
glasses on a freaking rock. That's how all your favorite heroes should die. <laughs> whatever sunglasses they wear, just appear on a rock and it's over. It's so dumb. God. Oh. Thank God for cleaning up that timeline. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you very much. Days of Future Past. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, man. So good. Um, but since we're on the f- topic of X-Men, they are part of Fox. They are. They're July 10 is the infamous vote date mm. for whether Fox will allow Disney to take over 20th Century Fox. So, that merger has been in the talks for ages and everyone's gone. It's we closed m- the end of last year's Gaggle of Geeks yep. with a discussion about this Fox Disney mm. merger. So, on July 10, they're asking all their stakeholders to vote whether to go ahead with the deal, Mm -hmm. but it also opens up whether Comcast will make a bid. Yeah, I think Comcast are definitely going to make a bid. Um, I think, And they're saying they're going to be very generous, but at the same time. Comcast is smart. Um, What Disney can do with all of the 20th Century Fox backlog, forget Mm. about the comic books, just just listening to the amount of their, their exceptionally deep... Um, back catalogue of films that they've released over their entire history. Mm. Um, they could basically monopolise a, a streaming service. So, like, when Disney brings out a streaming service, if they've got all of Disney and all of Fox for yeah. both television... I don't know if they've got the television side, but they've most definitely got the films. Mm. If they can do that and they've got all the kids' films and all the cartoons and DreamWorks is tied into there as well, if they do that, they've basically... They could take all of that content from Netflix... And all of that content from Hulu, if they want to. Yeah. Everything. And they will. And then create this Disney streaming service. Oh, which, yeah. Which, which looks like the ABC logo. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> looks logo. Movies Anywhere, yeah. Yes, Movies Anywhere. It is an ABC list that you do not believe. <laughs> yeah. And so I actually think that when they do that, then... Sorry. If, if Disney do it, they basically have a streaming service which almost every single person will sign up to. And you'll abandon another one. Like, I'm telling you right now... Netflix, like, Netflix for me has a lot of great original content and um, especially, you know, some of these small independent films that are getting bought up by Netflix at things like Cannes Film Festival, like, they buy them to have their distribution rights internationally. Like, it's still going to be appetizing. Yep. But smaller um, streaming services like your Hulu or like a, even like an Amazon Prime or other other things, um, they can really get chomped to pieces by this. Yeah, and so I, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Comcast can come in and do it because I would really like to see a little bit of independence with Fox. Yeah, but um, the higher ups at 21st Century Fox, they're implying their stakeholders should move towards that Disney. They deal. want it. They want it. They want it. They want it because they, they. But they I'm want very it be- curious to see what Comcast bids puts out on the table. If I was Comcast, I would put, or I would go all in. Because if you go all in, mm. even Comcast then can do the great thing of like, okay, we'll sell you back your rights to Marvel. So they could go all in. Yeah. And sell select, like just S- the X-Men. Sell, you can take this character's back. Yep. And and go, oh, you want Fantastic Four? Have it. Yeah. And they just give them back Fantastic Four, for example, and keep the X-Men to themselves. You know what I'm saying? They can they can play that game if they want to, or they can just sell them all of it back for a sh- shitload of money and, and then just make 20th Century Fox a studio that doesn't have a superhero. Yeah, and just keep all their great more independent slash yeah, action so films more, that more, aren't tied in with superheroics. Yeah, they could start looking for either other superhero properties to get involved with or co-produce or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or there is ind- a big world outside of Marvel and DC. And there's a big world outside and, the, and I absolutely agree. There's plenty of opportunities for them to make really cool movies that mm-hmm. are based off of comic books and graphic novels that aren't. Like heaps of indies like the one that people have been really wanting to get off which I think Netflix is now looking into is Lock and Key. Lock and Key is a big one. And they did a pilot a few years back which actually got really well received at Comic Con but no one bought it. Yeah. It passed and which was kind of devastating to fans but Apparently, they're trying to see if they can revive that a bit. I mean, think of something like Saga, which we both love. Saga, beautiful. I imagine, like, from that's Vertigo. like, yeah, like a, a, a space. No, from Image, sorry. Yeah, yeah from, from Image. image. A, a, like a, a, a space, um, you know, intergalactic assassination attempts and a family on the run. Like, like, great. Cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just, it, it, we'll just see how it ends up, mm-hmm. see how, how it ends up going. But, like, 
20th Century Fox is a pedigree studio. I would like to just see them make heaps of dramas. Like, instead of investing $200 million, why don't you go and have $8 million for 20 films and just, like, uh, finance a whole bunch of, like, smaller things that hopefully make some money? Those films, they don't take the, you know, the gazillion million dollar budgets that those superhero movies But they also don't rake it in. So that's the other challenge. I've got to, it's, it's, mm. It is a delicate challenge. But I, I, I would love to see them return to pedigree studio stuff without having to have the X-Men the, 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 be lumbered with X-Men. They've had a good run. Now yeah. they're just being dark. Dark. So dark. So dark. So, so dark. But if it goes ahead, it's like, you better go buy that movies anywhere streaming service because shortly Netflix is not going to have one skerrick of Disney. They're not going to have any Disney Junior, nothing. They won't have any Marvel no. movies. They will not have any of the back catalogue of Miramax Disney stuff out there. And then they're definitely what not going to have any... What about the Netflix-produced Marvel stuff? Uh, I would I would be... Because it's so ingrained in Netflix, mm-hmm. I think those original ones that they've produced are always going to sit there. But... It'll probably sit on Disney's channels as well. Disney might buy rights to it. Yeah. So they'll but I, stream it So it won't be exclusive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think... Wow, it's going to be a behemoth that that Disney streaming service Can you when they drop it. Imagine the negotiation for that. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shamoli! No, it's going to be huge. Mm. It's going to be huge. Huge. So I did hint at this early before when I when you said dark, and I was like Batman, Batman, Batman. So much Batman. Mm. So dark. Um, but Matt Reeves, Batman, still two years away, but they're hinting at a villain. Yeah, they're hinting at the Penguin, which is cool, and hinting at the Penguin because they're wanting to have him in the Batman and and this Birds of Prey movie that's just coming out, which is good. Mm. Um, I like this. I think, um, you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin is just amazing. Like, yeah. just go back to Batman Returns. He's a he's unbelievable. It's just in the comics, he's always kind of the butt of the joke out of all the villains because yeah. he's not, he's never as extreme as, like, say, the Joker. He's very much at his core a businessman. Yeah. And, and he was a, he- uh, in, um, and Tim Burton's version of him made him more of a mutant as well as a sort of calculating mm. psycho, but made him more of a, a mutant who was wounded. Um, the yeah. cool thing about Tim Burton doing Batman is that Tim Burton, Tim Burton, shoots all of his characters through the prism of his own issues with his dad. And so, <laughs> like, there's... there's Yeah, there is a lot of daddy issues in yeah. that Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, Batman is daddy issues galore, but yeah. particularly in Returns, it's it's all over the place. So there's, like, um, that that's kind of a cool, resonant, and uh, relatable thing, whether you're trying to be like your dad, whether you feel like you're unseen, whether you feel like you've got to avenge them. There was some really good, like you know, some twisted children sort of suffering the sins of their fathers in that movie. It's a really, I mean, I've, I've got all the time in the world for Batman Returns. This podcast could turn into just one big gushy love letter. So I really like... Shh, li- we know you're called ba- Blake is Batman. <laughs> so, we're not doing that. No, not not right now. But we, I do like him, but I, I, I totally agree. I tend to find the Penguin as a great compliment to someone else. Yeah. And, and, I, and I just wonder what kind of Penguin they're going to make. Because if they make him just a heavy, a nasty gangster, um, there was... You know, there was always rumors, even in the Christopher Nolan um, run, when when Heath Ledger was still alive and they were in the middle of shooting, it was like, well, Nolan's going to make the next Batman film, and there was like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is going to be the Penguin. And mm. when people said that, you know... That would have been so interesting. Yeah, like, especially because when you see what Hoffman did in... I mean, he's absolutely the best thing in Mission Impossible 3, um, when he just turns into, like, a violent gangster who's one step ahead. Mm. Um would have been so much better if he wasn't just protecting some mystery box bullshit. Like it's a JJ Abrams <laughs> movie, so there has to be some kind of mystery box bullshit. But um, um, there is always a box. <laughs> there is always a. Go- now Wait. in this movie, it was a rabbit's foot, which made no sense. Um, and uh, yeah, so th- there's that. There's that element that's that that can be there. But uh, yeah, I really want to see what, which version of the penguin and you, the the characters you can't sleep on. You can't sleep on the Riddler. You can't sleep on the penguin. Like they're so great. They're just the, the mm. like the original rogues gallery. You can't sleep on them. No. They're so good. And in Gotham, the series, they kind of, you know, see his the way he's come up through the ranks because he was bottom of the rung. Bottom of the rung. Right, but yet he's a survivor that has somehow managed to keep going up and up and up on the criminal ladder. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see where on the criminal ladder he is in this film. If I, he think, does come I, th- I think they'll want him established. They're not going to muck around. Mm. I think you got, you've got to. I think, and I've the heard... The thing is, Gotham has so many villains that it's like, there is a hierarchy of villains. Yes. So where he sits on that level of the hierarchy of villains is also going to be interesting. Yeah. And in Gotham, there is the Joker, but they can't call him the Joker. They oh. call him 
Jerome. Jerome. Mr. J. Mr. J. <laughs> Jerome. Oh, Jerome. Oh, Jerome. That's... Yeah. <laughs> he chose the right guy for it. <laughs> yeah, like, seems to be doing okay. I haven't, mm. I haven't gone Well, yet. they've been canned, so no more Gotham. Oh, well, yeah, that's a shame. Gotham wasn't saved, unfortunately. Oh, no. But, so, <laughs> the Penguin. We'll see what happens. But I, I'm very... Uh, I just said to Sofa Fair before we even started recording, we are talking about the show, and, um, and Batman comes up, and she's like, oh, Matt Reeves... That's still a little bit far away. And I said, I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy that they're not rushing him into something, which clearly no. means that his vision for what the character is um, is is really clear and, and they're not rushing into it, which is a really... It's it, going to be a big development. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping too. that they give him the time to start planning what the first and second stories look like. But the big other one, Sophie, is... What, what's your thoughts? You reckon Affleck's coming back or is he gone? I reckon Batfleck just needs a bit of a break from it, and then once he's feeling a bit more refreshed, he'll come back. Like you know, do you think he'll come back for the? Do you think he'll come back for the Matt Reeves Batman? I reckon so. It's two years away. I reckon so. He's had enough time between Justice League to recover from that. <laughs> I reckon it's Jake Gyllenhaal. That's what I'm hearing. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know. I like honestly. I think he loves that character so much to the point where he took on the role of Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. To do it, that I don't think he'll. St- He'll stray too far because he loves that character too uh, much. I think, I, I think, I think Reeves is going to have someone else. I'm pretty sure. Reboot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a reboot. I, I think we've got to take it away from the reboot and think of it mm. more like James Bond. Batman is more like a James Bond. There's just a new Batman. Like that's okay. You know, you can love your Daniel Craig or your Pierce Brosnan or your you know. I suppose your and it works for Marvel with the Hulk. They've changed him three times and no one's blinked an eye. Uh, the first time they changed him because they abandoned it. The second time they changed him because Edward Norton is an egomaniac. <laughs> and, uh, Who also had a very classy response when they yeah. dumped him. <laughs> but hey, everyone knows what's, what they're going in when they hire Edward Norton. And mm. I actually really enjoyed his Hulk. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that movie at all. Like, you know. And they didn't completely abandon that first one. There was hints of it. Oh, yeah, they've, they've at least brought back William Hurt and stuff like that, but they, they definitely wiped him. They realised that the Hulk works better, much like the Penguin, not with his own, by himself, mm, in his own movie, with a team. He's much better with the team. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I feel like Bat's like that. Oh, it's too much. And then he'll be like, I really do just love Batman. Yeah. Well, Justice League, he looked like he couldn't wait to get out of that movie. He couldn't yeah. wait to leave. Just be back in his own Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. I'm no, Batman. Just, just get out of there. He just, Martha. He's just like, I want to, he's like, I just want to get the hell out of this movie and go back to making my movies. And look, if he's going to go make other movies, really loved Argo, mm. loved Gone Baby Gone. I think um, he's living, doing great on the directorial front. Live by Night wasn't bad. I think a lot of people that were harsh on that one. I, I, I enjoyed it. Mm. But still in dark news, The Crow. Oh no. Yeah. Look, um, so uh, Corinne Hardy uh, was the writer-director of the upcoming Crow reboot, and it was a guy who absolutely adored the series and, and, and uh, sorry, adored the graphic novel and adored the Alex Proyas movie. Um, and he took the Instagram um, a little bit, um, he took the Instagram a little bit earlier this week because he'd fi- it finally come to a head with the, um, you know, uh, the Davis Films head um, called Samuel Hadida, um, who actually controls the rights to the crow. He'd been preparing this movie three and a half years. He'd cast Jason Momoa. Those two guys were working, you know, hand in glove together. Uh, And basically after three and a half years work, he, he and the star walked away from creative differences because their vision of what the crow was going to be and should be was being compromised by the production company. And he wrote this like really beautiful note on Instagram. I'm just going to try and uh, we'll just try and bring it up so that we can actually read it out to you guys. But it was really, um, really devastating uh, to to actually see that this guy loved this thing so much, um, but chose to walk away from it rather than um, have it compromised. So he writes. I knew from the off that the idea of making a new version of The Crow was never going to be for everyone because it was a beloved film. And I say that as someone who is in love with it myself. But I poured everything I had into the last three and a half years of work to try and create something what honored what the crow, uh, that honoured what The Crow stood for. 
which is James Ovar's uh, affecting graphic novel to Alex Preuss's um, original movie with great respect to Brandon Lee and the desire to make something bold and new that myself as an obsessive fan could be proud of. And with Jason Momoa and my amazing team of artists and filmmakers, we came so close. But sometimes when you love something so much, you have to make hard decisions. And yesterday, deciding it was time to let go of the dark and emotional dream project was the hardest decision of all. Buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever. So... Yeah, it's just an incredible, incredible uh, uh, response there. Yeah. I mean, three and a half years of your life, heart and soul poured into it. Really just, it just wasn't meshing with the studio and having to walk away. Yeah. Big deal. Sad. Really sad. But yeah, the crow is like a poison chalice. It's, It's a bit cursed. Like they've tried to reboot this so many times and they can never get it off the ground. It's really tough because also Alex Porras's movie is mm. so amazing, and it's held in such high regard, and it has such an air of tragedy on it. Yeah. So the story of the character is already tragic, and then the story surrounding Porras's movie is tragic, and it's just yeah, it's 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 tragedy layered on tragedy layered on failure, yeah. and it it just doesn't it doesn't quite work. The the, the sequels of The Crow, City of Angels and things like that where they tried to pass the mantle of The Crow onto other characters didn't work. Um, and then they did that. I think they did one with Edward Furlong. I never saw. Um, which, really? They got Furlong yeah. out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they, they dug up Furlong. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, but just sad that Corinne Hardy as a filmmaker has, has had to decide, you know, this is enough. Enough is enough. Yeah. A shame. Would have been interesting to see his and Jason Momoa's vision. Yeah, it's a really cute photo that um, Karim posted um, uh, on on Instagram, um, along with, with the little uh, eye makeup with yeah. Momoa, looking yeah. really cool. It's adorable. Check it out if you can. Oh. <laughs> Do we end on that bit sad note? I think we have to. Do you just want? Should I just play Tyker again, just to make us happy? <laughs> yeah, let's play Tyker. I'm sorry, I'm not JJ Abrams. They say, ah, oh, Tyker, we wish we called you JJ Abrams. <laughs> That's a happy ending. <laughs> That's a happy ending. No, guys, look, um, thank you so much for listening to the Gaggle Geeks podcast on 2SER. Um, I'm Blake Howard, at Blake is Batman, underscore, uh, uh, sorry, at Blake is Batman on Twitter. Soph is at Soph underscore lie, or you can find us at 2SER on the Twitters. But uh, subscribe, rate, and review when you do hear us on all your good uh, podcasting platforms. We are there, 2SER's Gaggle of Geeks. And a big one, as you listen to the end of this, um, we are rolling straight into Sydney Film Festival, which is huge. 2SER is a partner, so you can listen not only to Gaggle of Geeks um, and, and So Show So Hot right now on a Saturday to hear all the great stuff that's happening. Uh, we've got Film Club and uh, as a partner, there'll be stacks of stuff. So if you're a film geek and you love eclectic international cinema and audacious cinema particularly, um, these are the next couple of weeks for you. And my very own self um, is going to be at the uh, Town Hall uh, Sydney Film Festival Hub hosting a live podcast, my other podcast, One Heat Minute. Myself, Luke Luke Buckmaster from The Guardian. Um, uh, (laughs) Can't even say your own friend's name. I can't. I can't say my dear friend Luke's name. Um, Luke Buckmaster from The Guardian, um, Garth Franklin from Dark Horizon, Stu Coop from The Cinephiles, and a very special guest um, uh, person coming on as well. Um, Who is it? Can it be a Gaggle of Geeks exclusive? Uh, uh, someone very close to our hearts and this show. Um, <laughs> so it is my is my is hint, my hint. is my hint. hint, hint. <laughs> Seven o'clock Saturday night um, at, at Town Hall. Come along. There'll be prizes. We're going to put on a show. It's going to be a um, a great fun time um, to be had. But uh, yeah, thanks in advance if you guys have uh, been listening to that and subscribing and rating and reviewing this show as well. Thank you very much. But till next time. Bye. Bye.